This year marks the centennial anniversary of the poppy as a symbol of remembrance in Canada. And each year, the Legion sees the distribution of 18 million to 20 million uh, poppy pins. Poppy is a symbol of remembrance for sacrifices made by war veterans. And I think we all know that. But then it stops. We understand that. But do we know the history behind the poppy and how it came to be the symbol that we've been, you know, connecting to veterans for a hundred years now? Okay, I think it's time for a history lesson. Dr. Roger Sarti is professor at history, uh, professor of history rather at Wilfrid Laurier University and former deputy director of the Canadian War Museum. And he has been generous enough to give us a moment of, of his time for a history lesson on this very important day. Dr. Sarti, welcome to the show. Well, thanks so much for having me, Kelly. So maybe walk us through the story of how the poppy became this symbol of remembrance. Uh, well, it's it's a very Canadian story uh, with a lot of international links. Uh, the the quick version is that um, when the First World War broke out, uh, Canada responded uh, very uh, uh, very enthusiastically, and we immediately, in the fall of 1914, sent a full infantry division, which has a combat strength of about 18,000 guys, over to England, and they trained there, and then they went into the line in France. Uh, in uh, early 1915, what turned out to be an absolutely critical time, uh, not long after they'd uh, fully taken up the line uh, in an awful place called the Ypres Salient. That's uh, Ypres in in, uh, Belgium. And uh, this was a big strip of Allied territory uh, that the Germans hadn't managed to conquer, but it was surrounded on three sides by the Germans. And just when the Canadians got into the line, there was a massive German attack, famously um, led by the first use or large-scale use of poison gas in warfare. And the Canadians weren't hit by the poison gas directly. Uh, It was poor French soldiers on their sides that got uh, uh, really badly hit. Uh, But the Canadians stood firm in nearly impossible conditions, uh, which is uh, just incredible, uh, with horrific losses of... um, 18,000 guys, there's over 6,000 killed and injured. And in fact, when you take away the support people in the rear, it was nearly half of the guys up in the front lines. But at any rate, uh, with one of the artillery units, now artillery is usually safely back from the front, but the chaotic conditions meant that the artillery was right up in the front line. And uh, in one of the artillery brigades uh, was um, then Major John McRae, the medical officer, uh, who was born in Guelph, uh, and a very successful uh, medical uh, practitioner and teacher uh, in Montreal. And um, in the midst of uh, he was having to deal with the horrific casualties, and one of the ones that, that most hit him was the complete destruction of a brilliant young lieutenant uh, uh, and a friend of... Um, and a friend of McRae's, and McRae uh, spontaneously, he had been a poet before the war. He, was, he wrote professional journals. He also wrote and published poetry. But on the 3rd of May, 1915, uh, moved by the, the, the death of his friend and having to pick up his remains, um, he penned this poem in Flanders Fields. And uh, McRae was, uh, as I said, he was, he was an academic, and he, he wanted to publish. He, he sent the poem in. And it was published uh, anonymously in um, 
Punch magazine, which is a major British magazine in December of 1915. And it immediately began to have a huge impact because the war had been going very, very badly for the Allies. And this poem is, um, in fact, it's a very defiant, very militaristic poem. It's calling. It, it is a call from the dead uh, below the poppies in the ground uh, for, for others to uh, pick up the cause, you know, pick up the torch and, and, and move forward. Um, at any rate, the, the poem grew in popularity all through the war. And um, McRae, in fact, uh, he, la- he left the artillery and he became um, senior officer in one of the big uh, Canadian um, hospitals uh, not far behind the front lines. But he died of exhaustion and pneumonia in, uh, in January of 1918, before the end of the war. But his poem just took on a second life. Um, and uh, it inspired, in particular, um, two ladies in the United States. Um, one was Moina Michael who was an American, and she was involved uh, with the YMCA's uh, efforts uh, efforts to support the troops and to support refugees uh, in France. And in a big meeting at Columbia University, uh, just before she went in, uh, just before the end of the war, uh, 9th of November of 1918, uh, she saw in Flanders Fields that had been republished in an American magazine. And she immediately began efforts uh, to buy up uh, small silk poppies and to sell them in order to raise money uh, for the YMCA and for the benefit of uh, those who had been so uh, badly hurt by the war. At the same time, also active in the United States, was a French woman, uh, Anna Guerin. And uh, she'd moved to the States before the war, but during the war, she'd launched huge efforts to raise money to support um, uh, um, orphaned children, and others who had been hurt by the war. And uh, Anna Guerin was also inspired uh, by the poem, and in fact, on her own, had also begun to pursue the manufacture of poppies for sale uh, for funds that could benefit the the various um, um, agencies that were helping the war wounded. And Anna Guerin had a real gift for publicity. And in 1921, she went to England and with the British Legion, which is a very large British veterans organization, uh, promoted the use of the poppy as a way to raise funds, and they accepted that. And what's less known internationally is she also made a trip to Canada, where our largest um, veterans organization, the, the Great War Veterans Association, which was one of the organizations that later became the Canadian Legion, uh, they also accepted the poppy. So the first Poppy Day was in 19. 19- 21, inspired by Anna Guerin and also Moina uh, Michael from the United States. And that's why we are now celebrating the 100th anniversary. We're talking with Dr. Roger Sarti about the history of the poppy. When it comes to Flanders Field, I've always wondered about this. I mean, you you describe this horrific battleground um, where, you know, the, the ground was chewed up and, you know, men were taken and it was just a horrible situation. How did that ground, it's my understanding that it became hospitable. Was that post-battle for um, the poppies to grow, that there was something in the ammunition or something that led to the poppies actually thriving there? Yeah, you no, know there, I'm not that? a scientist, but I do know uh, from from my, my readings uh, that the poppies are very, very widespread in Flanders, in that part of uh, you know, northern France and in Belgium. And that has been sort of the cockpit of European wars going back for centuries. And in fact, uh, some authors note uh, that, that many people had noticed how when the ground was chewed up 
uh, by battle uh, in that part of the world, that one of the uh, flowers that spontaneously began to sprout uh, were the poppies. And obviously, this is what uh, this is what um, uh, McRae saw and was mm-hmm. inspired by. In fact, it led to a little bit of controversy. There are some critics who say, you know, in that region, it's it's almost regarded as a weed. So so why celebrate it? But but in, but in fact, uh, you know, it has a beautiful visual appeal, and uh, for for the troops that served there, it had an, an sure. immense appeal. I think the appeal also is it's such a delicate flower, and it shows the fragility of human life. You know, uh, it's it's a perfect flower to signify, um, you know, uh, how many innocents were lost in, in the process of war. How are you going to commemorate um, th- this very important day yourself today? Uh, I am going to, um, uh, to, be, to be honest, I'm, I recently retired, <laughs> mm-hmm. and I'm going to sit here with my cats and my wife and uh, th- think of uh, my whole career has been involved in remembrance, but I'm going to have a quiet day with my family and uh, think very deeply about all the wonderful experience I've had with veterans uh, over the years. Sounds perfect. Dr. Roger Sardi, thank you so much for joining us. I appreciate it. A real pleasure, Kelly. Have a great day. Dr. Roger Sardi is professor at the history at Wilfrid Laurier University, now retired, just former deputy director of the Canadian War Museum.